Hey guys, what is up, and welcome back to the show. Now, in today's episode, we're doing the same stuff that we've done the last couple of episodes, but this time it is the NFC East. So I've done my research, I've I've compiled my own opinions and mixed it all together. Um, there's a lot of stats in this one, um, and we're, I'm going to be talking about who I think is going to win the NFC East, who's going to get second, who's going to get third, who's going to get fourth. NFC East comprises of the Commanders, the um, Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Giants, my bad. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're talking about here on today's episode. All right, now let's start off with the re- <coughs> the Commanders. Um, so, uh, for the Commanders, their main move is gay. they went out and got Carson Wentz. Um, he'll be getting a $28 million cap hit, which for him at this point is a lot. But I think, I feel like that with only one deal left on his one deal left on his one year left on his contract if he's able to shock some people i mean like 90% of the people prove that he's not washed prove that he's not done then they could bring him back but if he isn't good then washington could just let him go they don't have to pay him for the next years or so which for a team that isn't really contending i'd say a team that's on the rise but a team that isn't really contending this is a good move because it isn't like they can really win the Super Bowl, but at the same time, they might have found a long-term QB, um, and that if he doesn't work out, they don't have to carry him for three-plus years or try to trade a bad player. So if he's successful, they can re-sign him, maybe for less than $28 million, and, or if he isn't good, they could just let him go, and they don't have to carry like the, carry out like the whole um, load of okay, he's not going to be our starting quarterback. We don't want him. And now now we have to pay him $30 million to not start. And no one wants to trade for him. That's not going to be the case because either he's going to work out, he's going to get re-signed most likely, or he's going to, or he's going to not work out and the commanders don't have to pay him for the next few years. So I think that this is a high, high or low risk, high reward possible for Washington. Last year, he had 27 touchdowns to only 7 interceptions to Heineke's 20 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. So really, on paper, he should be an upgrade to Taylor, which might be kind of the boost that the offense needs. They might just need a more consistent quarterback because from watching Taylor Heineke last year, he was very exciting to watch at times. He finally got like his first like full-time starting job. And at times, he was very, very, he was not very good. But then there were other times where he would just go off and it was just really really like fun to watch in a way um and they but so it'll be interesting to see whether Carson Wentz works out or not he's probably going to start I don't see why they would bring him in just for him to not start um but they had three alignment as well in the top 15 this past year so that's something that's going to be really helpful for Carson Wentz to be able to not saying that he didn't have a good O-line at Indianapolis he did but I'm just saying three linemen that were in the top 15 last year, something that's going to be important for his success. And I feel like with Carson Wentz, he's going to have, he's going to have hopefully a healthy Curtis Samuel. Um, Terry McLaurin, we know how good he is. Um, Logan Thomas, if he's healthy, is also very, very good. He kind of fig- we kind of figured that out from him last year. So I think Carson Wentz, he's got the weapons and options that he needs to do well. It's just whether he can take those options and take this opportunity and do well. Whether or not he does that, we don't know. 
But I think that that's gonna. This is gonna be one of the main reasons whether they do bad, whether they do well. If Carson's able to do well, they'll be better than expected. If he if he does terrible, he, he's not. They're not gonna be as good as expected. Now for the defense, though, they rank 27th in the scoring defense and 23rd in yards allowed per game. But on the bright side, I am not. I I would if I were playing if I were running back playing against de- this defensive line, I would be. scared. Scared or a quarterback playing against this defensive line, I would be scared. Um, I'll be surprised if in this area, the uh, much gets past them, high rushing yards per game or lots of quarterback, good quarterback play. Because I feel like if you have a good defensive line that's pressurizing, I know I'm not sure that's a word, pressurizing the um the defense or pressurizing the quarterback, pressurizing everyone else, it's going to be hard to get good throws off consistently, which means that it can make the secondary's job easier, which makes the defense better as a whole. And so they're they're ranked 8th, 8th, 12th, and 11th in rush yards. So 8th in rush yards, 12th in rush attempts, and so like people were running the ball less against them. 11th in rush touchdowns allowed, respectively. So that is their main bright spot on this defensive end. Um... Hold on, let me move my mouse over a little bit. Uh, okay. Pause. Okay. That'll be more that'll be a good bright spot for them. Um which the more I look at this team, the there are plenty of skill guys like Scary Terry, Curtis Samuel if he's able to stay healthy, and Logan Thomas, like I said before, had to be a pleasant surprise last year at tight end. I just feel like they have so many talented guys on this offense that if Wentz is able to do well, there's no reason why this offense doesn't take a large step up from last year um, and does better and puts this team in good positions to win and defense in a position to hold the game out and make sure that, that the offense um, isn't undermined, if, if that kind of makes sense. Um, but let's go back to the defense for a second. One of the best D-lines in the league, in my opinion. Kendall Fuller as well in the secondary. And I just feel like the secondary is very, very solid as well. That, like I said before, if the defense is able to make the quarterback nervous, if he's able to make make the quarterback un, un like like make it hard for him to get into a rhythm, then it can lead to some bad throws more often, which can help the secondary do well. Which if you're doing well in the defensive line and you're making the secondary better, then it's going to be a very solid defense as a whole. So that's the commanders. Let's move on to the Eagles. So for the Eagles, the number one move for them was A.J. Brown. I mean, he wasn't really getting a contract I feel like he liked in uh, Tennessee. So he kind of wants. So he kind of. So he wanted to leave. So or I. I don't know. I don't really remember what was going on, but it was something to do. Maybe it was like some sort of holdout. But he didn't get paid how as much as he wanted to get paid, or the Titans weren't planning on doing that. So so he now is going to the Eagles, and he's going to be a top three wide receiver in the NFC East. Um. So I think that Terry McLaurin's going to be one of the best wide receivers there. I think C.D. Lamb is going to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFC East. Now, I think that A.J. Brown is going to be just up there as well. It's just I feel like that Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz are better throwers at the moment, more proven throwers with in terms of their accuracy than Jalen Hurts is. Um, and I just feel like in terms of skill, not necessarily what they do well, but like in terms of skill, I feel like A.J. Brown – like value and what they bring to a team 
Scary Terry and A.J. Brown are both very, very like similar in that respect. So I kind of want to see what Carson Wentz can bring to the table versus what Jalen Hurts can bring to the table because I feel like Jalen has already proven himself as a great runner and a great playmaker and a solid decision maker. I just feel like it, his accuracy has got to improve. But like his accuracy has always been a question, always been a concern at times. Um, so the two new guys in the division – It'll be interesting to kind of see what happens in that respect. Like Jalen, uh, Jalen Hurts not new. I'm just talking about. It'd be interesting to see what Carson Wentz is able to do, and what AJ Brown's able to do, and depending on how much um, Jalen Hurts is able to improve his accuracy. So I feel like in terms of throwing the ball through the air, you can't without a good quarterback. You can't have the best receivers, and I feel like that Devontae Smith is going to take a big step, and I feel like AJ Brown will do better than what he did last year because I think he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. It just really depends. One of the number one things that will determine whether or not this team's good or not is whether Jalen Hurts can consistently produce through the air. They can be willing to throw the ball more often because they have confidence in him being able to put balls in the right spots. Um, and so I think the one other thing that they, that's really can be that's in question right now is the running backs. Who is their running back one? Miles Sanders, I feel like he isn't as good as he used to be. And other than Boston Scott and Miles Sanders, I couldn't name another running back, which I don't know if that's bad or not. But I feel like this is going to be at a position that they really utilize because they have the best offensive line in the NFL. I don't know whether they made some changes, but in terms of the last few years, they have the best offensive line in the NFL. But if they don't have a skillful guy coming out the backfield, then it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if they can open up those holes for him if he doesn't know how to take them, if he's not skillful enough, if he's not physical, like physically good enough. Um, and so I feel like Miles Sanders will be the number one guy going into next season, but he's not going to be a top 10 running back. Um, I think Boston Scott, I mean, we were able to see what he was able to do last year. And so I feel like if it were my idea, if it were my job, Miles Sanders would be the number one guy. Boston Scott will get an increased workload, but especially in the red zone. Miles Sanders had zero touchdowns last year. Boston Scott had seven. So it kind of seems like stat-wise that they were more using him to punch it into the end zone. So I feel like Miles Sanders with the five and a half yards per carry should be the guy that they use to get them down the field, especially on first downs, to get those like second down and shorts to make to open up their playbook a little bit more, give them more leeway and more breathing room. And then Boston Scott, when they get down to the end zone, um, he should be the one that's used. So they're clearly different talents. It just I just feel like they should utilize Miles Sanders more on the getting him down the field because of that good yards per carry. Because if they're able to get five or six yards every single time with him theoretically, that's already our second and five, second and four, or second and three situation, which make which opens up the playbook way more, makes them have short passes or another run because if they don't get it, it's still third down and short, easily able to be picked up. And so and then when they get Boston, they use Boston down the red zone, punching it in inside the ten yard line. So I feel like if I feel like if the the second thing that's really important for the Eagles is that if they know how to use their running backs correctly and Jalen Hurts is able to progress through the air, um, I feel like that this that's what's gonna bring out the ceiling in this team because they already have a solid offensive line. Um I just feel like with Dallas Goder, with Devontae Smith possibly taking a next step, A.J. Brown's already great. I just feel like 
what's going to make the team better is if the Eagles know how to use their running backs correctly and if Jalen Hurts can prove he's more of a consistent passer. Now third, it's the Dallas Cowboys. That's who we're talking about third here. And I I was on Twitter the other day, and I saw a poll that I might have retweeted. I don't know if you saw it at all. It's on sports. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but the Cowboys were rated as the most annoying, sensitive fan base in the NFL. Can't disagree. You just you just can't disagree with that. I feel like they're they're like they're like a, like I've watched I've watched people I've watched Cowboys fans when I'm watching games on TV. I've watched Cowboys fans start crying in like the third quarter when they're down by like a touchdown, as if the game's like the two minute warning. The other team's starting to take kneels and the game's over. When it's still the third quarter and they're down by like three or seven or ten points as if the game's over. Really stupid, and they can really just get on my nerves sometimes And when it comes to football. Um, but anyways, let's talk about the Cowboys. What? They won the division last year. They had the best offense in all of football. But they now lose two linemen and Amari Cooper, but I feel like the expectations are going to be way higher for them because like I was talking about with Cowboys fans – any Cowboys fan and Jerry Jones would agree kind of just making the playoffs, that's not really good enough. I mean, I don't know if you can really count the 2020 year. They were 6-10 and 10 that year. 12-5 and five last year, which is a large improvement. And I'm going to be honest, I know Cowboys fans are like that, but I don't know how you consider firing Mike McCarthy, who went 12-5. and five. I know you lost in the wild card, but I don't know how you fire Mike McCarthy for going 12-5. and five. What what is that? Eighteen and fifteen as a head coach in the past two years, and twelve and five in the second year. I think it was the second year, but either way, twelve and five is a large improvement. But I feel like to these fans, to this, to everyone inside of Cowboys football, who cares? I feel like if they can't make it far in the playoffs this year, McCarthy is probably going to be done. Because I mean, yeah, they made the playoffs, but they lost in the wild card, or was it the wild? Were they? Where did they lose? I'm, I, I'm, let, let me rack my brain. They lost in the wild card round to the 49ers. Yeah, I think it was the 49ers because then the 49ers went on to play the Packers. Well, the Packers won and the Packers lost. I think who did they lose to? The Packers. Lost, oh, I had to have lost to the Rams. Um, but yeah. So I feel like back to back first-round playoff exits is not going to be accepted in in a way by by the fans here. So, really, I feel like it's going to be they're, – they're really going to need to play, like, play the same but do better in the playoffs, really. Um, But anyways, they also had one of the best offensive lines last year. But like I said, they lost those two linemen. But they had two guys ranked over 90 by pro football focus – which is extremely impressive in a terms of a PFF standpoint. But the guys that come in, Tyler Smith, I think they'll be in good hands with him. Um, and the loss of Amari Cooper, they're going to be fine. I mean, Dalton Schultz has already proven to be great, and CeeDee Lamb is going to be top 10 just watch. I mean, and those were already two Dak's two favorite targets. They, so they're losing Amari Cooper, and they still have Michael Gallup, assuming he's able to stay on the field. But Dak's two favorite targets are still there. They combined for almost 2,000 yards or around 2,000 yards, something like that, and 14 touchdowns between them. 
So if I were a fan of Dallas, I wouldn't be concerned in the loss of Amari Cooper because while he's proven to be a great receiver, not one of Dak's favorite targets, so not someone that's a big loss for the Cowboys. Um, I mean, and I feel like the offense is going to be just as good as it was before, so what's going to really happen on the defensive end? High risk, high reward. That's, that's what they should be called. That's kind of what they do. They're the most turnovers forced and INTs, seventh in points per game allowed, second on third down, 13th in sacks, and fourth in pref- pressure percentage. If you have a lot of pressure, then you have a lot of, like I said, like I said with the Redskins, or, or sorry, the Commanders, like I said with the Commanders, um, if you have a great D-line that's going to allow, that, that, like, if the guys in the trenches can force bad balls, then the safeties in the corners and the defensive backs will have better times deflecting and taking those balls away because there won't be as many good balls thrown. And Michael Parsons, man, I think he's one of the most valuable guys in the NFL. All pro and pro bowls as a rookie. What the hell, man? The Giants sucked. <laughs> Let's. Yeah, I kind of just skipped over. Um, the Giants suck. Now, it's a good thing that they have a new head coach because 31st in points per game and yards per game and last in turnovers. The O-line was ranked 27th by PFF. And something that's so sad, I still wonder, how the heck did the Panthers get destroyed by them by like 22 points? I think it was 25-3. to I just... That's the Panthers' offense for you. Um, I... I, I don't know, but Daniel Jones, he played in more games than touchdowns thrown. And now it's really do or die for him. I thought last year was going to be his last year if he didn't do anything, but I guess I was really wrong. I mean, Saquon is not really anything because he can't stay healthy. And now two of their top receivers were below a 50% catch rate. So Saquon isn't really anything because he can't stay healthy. The defense is terrible. Daniel Jones isn't good. Two of the top receivers were below a 50% catch rate, and I think that the only bright spot that they have is the promise that Kadarius Kadarius Tony showed last year. I mean, he's probably one of their better guys, and I think that if he breaks out in 2022, he will be their best guy come the end of the season. On the defensive end, uh, 23rd in points per game allowed, 21st in yards per game allowed, 25th in QB hits, there's there's no there there's no category that I found with them that they're even inside the top twenty. Now, it, 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 as I say, hopefully Kayvon Thibodeau is able to boost that ranking along with Evan Neal at offensive line. Um, I just find it hard for this team to be any good if their best players are their new rookies or many or their second year players. And just many of the players that they have, you just either don't know what to expect from them or you already just they've already had underwhelming seasons. And so with that, where 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 do they get ranked? Where do they get ranked? First, it's gonna be the Cowboys again. They basically are relocked and loaded on the offensive end, and I feel like that they're gonna be playing more with that chip on their shoulder because they need to do better than what they did last year for the Cowboys fans. Um, especially in the playoffs, so I feel like that they'll be better in the playoffs anyways, they're going to win the division again. Um, in second place, it's going to be second place. So it's, I'm going to give confidence to the commanders. I think, okay, wait, 
before the the Cowboys they're going to win the division. Um they're going to have I think they're going to have 12 wins again because while they might be a teeny bit worse, they're going to they're going to be I think that they're going to do the, I think they're basically going to do the same thing. They're going to go 12 and 5 again. Um in the second place, I'm putting the Commanders. The Commanders they're they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. And just by looking at their team, I just find no reason that if Carson Wentz is able to succeed, then this team is going to be very good. I think that the defense is going to be much improved from last year. Top 15 in the league, at least. And if Carson Wentz is able to do well, I think Antonio Gibson's very good. Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, if he can stay on the field. Logan Thomas, if he can stay on the field. I just feel like that this this offense is going to be a lot better than expected if Carson Wentz is able to do well. Like, if their gamble on Carson Wentz is good. So, they're going to get second place. I'm going to give them 10-7 and seven just because I feel like that's what I can put their ceiling as. Um, and I just feel like that while there isn't anything that's going to be top of the league for them, there's nothing that's not good on their team. I mean, the the offensive line was ranked sixth by Pro Football Focus at the end of the year last year, so that might be slightly worse, maybe just outside the top ten, but I feel like that there's nothing on this team that's not good. So that's why I put them in second place. In third place, it's going to be Eagles. They're going to go 9-8 again, but this time they're probably going to miss the playoffs. There's just some unknowns in terms of Jalen Hurts and on the defensive side of the ball in certain places that it's just hard for me to rank them good. And I just don't see them. I just feel like they're going to lose some games that they need to win in order to get in to the playoffs. So I just don't see that happening in the Giants in last place. They're going to be like 5-12 and 12 again. They're terrible. They're rebuilding, clearly. Um there's going to be some bright spots for them, but they're they're going to be five and twelve again. Um, so yeah, that is the list. Um, I've gone kind of long. It's been twenty two minutes. That is so. It's going to be the Cowboys at twelve and five, Commanders at 5, ten and seven, Eagles at nine and eight, and Giants at five and twelve. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. I am Preston Green, um, and I will talk to you next time on. All Eyes on Sports. Follow me on Twitter at All Eyes on Sports as well. Go to anchor.fm slash All Eyes on Sports to leave me a voice message and with an opinion, a comment, a critique. Um, But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode, and I'll talk to you next time on the show.